Yeah, exactly. And I do think a lot of people just want to go for the high ticket items. You know, I'm not going to do it unless I'm going to get 10,000 from it or something. And I'm just, that's just never been my attitude. Obviously, focus on the things that make you good money, but there's nothing wrong with doing the things that earn you a bit of money here and there. Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all. From donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course, I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. Now, over the last 10 years, I have been on my minimalist journey, and part of that journey has been learning to better understand my finances. Thankfully, this landed me in the hashtag debt-free community on Instagram, where I was able to find and connect with so many inspiring people who are working to change their lives in ways that Um, you know, the good majority of our world isn't doing when it comes to managing money. During that time, I got connected with Francesca, um, aka the Money Fox on Instagram, and have gotten to kind of follow along her journey from a distance. However, today I was able to sit down and have a really great discussion with her that just blew me away. So another thing that I have learned over the last few years being in the financial community is that So many women do not have financial knowledge, which is so unfortunate because more and more studies are showing that women tend to actually be better with money, more stable, and have better investment investing results than men. However, so many women trust their finances to their husbands, and this can just lead to so much heartbreak if a divorce happens or a loss happens and these women are left kind of trying to pick up the pieces of maybe bad financial management on a husband's part. That's why I loved really getting to talk with Francesca today because she shares with us her journey from going through a nasty divorce, becoming a single mom and having no clue how to manage money, no clue how to make money on her own because she had been just a mom, a stay-at-home mom like so many of us, like I had been. And I love to hear her story. She started by dabbling in mystery shopping and has made her way to being a financial coach who has inspired so many other single moms. So if you are a woman out there, if you have ever felt like you aren't good with money, today's conversation is going to speak to you. I can't wait to share with you. So let's dive in. 
Hi, Francesca. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. It's very cold here today. Oh, I feel you. We've got more snow coming and I'm so sick of shoveling. <laughs> oh, really? It's not that cold here, but in the area it has been snowing, but it's just been icy today. So I went for a walk earlier and I nearly fell over. I know. <laughs> Same. I've been taking my dog on a walk every morning and the last few mornings have been like an ice rink of making sure I stay stay on the ground meanwhile he's like tugging you know he's so excited he wants to go and I'm like trying to hold my footing while not trying to get taken away by him oh no I thought I was okay because I saw these people walking down a hill very confidently and then when <laughs> I tried to walk up the hill my leg do you know when your leg just goes away from you and I was like okay I need to go a bit slower than they went maybe it was my shoes I didn't I only had converse on so that's probably why I was wondering that same thing. I'm like, do I need better boots or something like that? But yeah, <laughs> who knows? It's fun. If you can't laugh at, at least you can laugh at yourself where it's like, I just walk, I'm like walking through the neighborhood kind of giggling every time I would do like a little quick little slip. But yeah, I did laugh out loud and there was someone down the road and I thought they definitely heard me just laugh at myself <laughs> and probably think what a weirdo. <laughs> Or they, I hope they, I hope people appreciate it. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, people are going to see me like, laughing hysterically as I go but hopefully they think it's funny that I think it's funny I don't know I don't know I'm sure they did (laughs) I hope so (laughs) but uh it's really funny because you know we were saying we've kind of followed each other on Instagram and really seen each other's stories kind of play out just through Instagram uh but I would love to hear from you your story, you know, like a little bit about your background and how you got to be, um, the money Fox. Yeah. So I had a bad financial situation a few years ago. I found myself trapped in a marriage. I had debt. I was at home with just no money. I didn't know what on earth to do. And it's funny because now if you go on Instagram, there are so many financial accounts that's, then it's amazing. But at the time, it was just starting up. So there wasn't really anything like that out there. I remember just Googling all the time, trying to find help and I couldn't find anything. I did find it was very heavily focused towards Americans, anything that I did find. And you know, you just need, obviously it's still good, but I just didn't relate to it. And I also felt like a lot of it was also focused at people who were high income earners who perhaps need to just cut back a bit. And I genuinely, I always say this as an example, but I genuinely remember it that they were saying you should sell your boat as an idea. And I was like, I didn't have a boat. I didn't even have a toy boat. <laughs> and yeah. just, I just couldn't relate at all. And that's genuinely everything that was coming across at the time. And so when I did finally start to try out ways of making money and stuff, I thought I really want to share this as well because I was in such a bad place. I didn't want anyone else to be searching for help and not be able to find someone that they could relate to as well. So I just really started off um, sharing all of my tips and it just grew from there. I absolutely love that because that sounds so stressful. And I think (laughs) your financial journey started before ours did, if I'm remembering correctly, like you kind of got into this. I think I came into it probably when everyone started to more. Um, And I was so thankful to have that community, to have that financial community and people like you who were putting all the tips and advice out there. Because I can't imagine you were, you know, coming out of a bad marriage or a bad, coming out of a marriage 
and trying to figure all this out on your own. Yeah. Sell your boat. I, I, I think I would just slam my computer shut and be so mad. That sounds <laughs> yeah. so stressful and probably made you feel like you were alone. Did you have yeah. anybody else in your life who was going through anything similar? No, I really didn't. And I know everyone always says, don't keep up with the Joneses and stuff. And what I always try to say is like, not everyone is like that because my friends, for example, had made very good financial decisions. So they had gone to university. They'd got really great jobs. They were doing really well saving. They were spending, but they were spending with their means. You know, they were going on nice holidays. The partners were doing well. So everyone that I could see was doing very well. And it wasn't that they were going into debt or being silly or anything like that. They just had a lot of money and they're managing it very well. And I just couldn't relate and they couldn't necessarily relate to me. And I don't mean that in a way that they didn't want to relate, but you know, when you just have to be in that situation to understand. So yeah, I didn't have anyone around me that was doing it. I really did feel all alone. And that's really why I wanted to share everything that I was going through. But it was definitely something I wouldn't wish on anyone. It was very difficult. No, no, that's so awful. And something I've learned being a bigger part of the financial community over the last few years, I read um, a book that you've probably heard of is that Smart Women Finish Rich, maybe. Yes, yes. Uh, but I loved that he talked about how so many women find themselves in that same situation where you know, maybe their husband was in charge of the finances or their husband passes and they realized their husband wasn't good at managing the finances or whatever it might be. There were so many women who truly are going through this. And I've had friends come into my, you know, my life that have had that same situation happening. Um, and yeah, I can, I can only imagine even as much as I tried to reach out and, and help you know, the, the recently single moms who have no clue what to do with their finances or their budget. I know there's a part of them that looks at my life and is going, you know, we're just not in the same place right now. Um, but you talk about how you found side hustles from that. So how did you even find them if, if that was not something you were seeing? Um, and kind of, I guess, how did you even start and what did you dabble in? I know I, it's really frustrating that I can't remember exactly because it was so long ago, but I know that I did stumble across something about mystery shopping and I don't know where it was. So that's pretty frustrating. I wish I could shout out whoever it was that I saw it on, but it was one of those things that it sounded really scammy, but because I had, I had honestly no money. And when I say I had no money, I mean, literally zero, zero. So the idea that I could do a mystery shop and I could get some free food out, out of it was so appealing to me. And that's yeah. the thing that I was like, okay, I'm going to try this thing. Because the thing is as well, when people, a lot of people kind of turn their noses up at side hustles that don't earn a lot of money. And I find it really frustrating because when I was in that place, I wasn't going to be able to start a business from the off. I wasn't going to be, I didn't have any money to put into anything. So for me, starting something that didn't require any money or perhaps just a few pounds or something was so appealing to me so I don't know what it was one day I was just like I'm gonna try it and I think it's yeah. just one of those things you just got to do and then I remember so clearly and I talk about this all the time I remember coming out with all the free food in my arms and I remember thinking oh my gosh it worked it actually worked and then <laughs> I and that's what kind of sparked something within me to think oh maybe I should try these other things then because I think you do just have to try things to see that you can do them because like I said 
no one I knew did any side hustles. No one online that I could see in my space was doing them. I re- it really was just me just kind of plunging into it and just hoping for the best. And, yeah. and it worked. So yeah, I was so lucky. Oh my gosh. That's so cool because I think I always saw like the mystery shopping things and it, yeah, it, it kind of had that vibe, like this can't possibly be, but it worked and everything. Did you continue doing it or did you just do it once or? No, I continued doing it. Yeah. That was one of my favorite ones I did for a few years. I just don't do it anymore, but I really need to get back into it. Everyone's always so interested whenever I talk about it as well. So definitely need to kind of do it some more and just show everyone as well. Like, it is legit. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it's funny that you say that, you know, because, you know, you said maybe it doesn't earn that much money, but it's kind of when you enjoy doing it, that's what I've continued dog sitting. Dog sitting was something I did because it was, yeah, no startup costs. It was something that I was already home. I could already do. I could bring on more, take in more dogs. Uh, at the time, our house hadn't had any upgrades. So it was like, go ahead and destroy all the things. It doesn't matter. Uh, just to bring in some additional income. It's something that I still am in contact with some of the families that I first started with. And it's funny how even if you've kind of branched out and you've expanded and you've grown beyond the side, uh, the need for a side hustle, it's still fun to do. For that extra money, you know, there's always, there's never really a time I feel like where you're, if you're, you're going to want to turn down money, you know, some extra money doing something that you enjoy. Why not? You know? Yeah, exactly. And I do think a lot of people just want to go for the high ticket items. You know, I'm not going to do it unless I'm going to get 10,000 from it or something. And I'm just, that's just never been my attitude. Obviously focus on the things that make you good money, but there's nothing wrong with doing the things that earn you a bit of money here and there. It all right. adds up. Well, and I think starting with the little bits here and there um, is kind of what can build up that confidence that you can earn more. Because I know you also talk a lot about um, limiting money beliefs, uh, which I 100% agree. Like I, I relate to so much. So for me, I think understanding and learning that I could manage a small amount of money because I didn't trust myself with money when we first were going through our issues. Um, you know, I put all my faith into financial gurus out there or something and had zero faith in myself and then learning to manage maybe like a thousand dollars and that I could trust myself with keeping that in the bank and then branching out to bigger and bigger. Um, so do you feel like starting from your side hustles to doing your financial coaching where you are now, um, do you, did you come overcome like a lot of different money mindsets? Yes, I think my first big one was that I could earn extra money. And that was just a big thing for me because like I said, no one I knew did that. Everything was very, obviously side hustle and everything has exploded now and freelancing and all of that. But at the time, that makes me sound really old. It wasn't that long ago, but it just, it was a few years ago, but everything's just kind of gone now, hasn't it? But at the time I just, I didn't know that I could earn extra money. I obviously didn't know it was an option as a stay at home mum. I just didn't think I could do it. And I thought, what can I do around a toddler anyway? I just had no idea. And by the way, the mystery shops, I could do some with her, which was great. So because there's some where they want you to do it with a child specifically so that was great so I did uh, I basically when I was looking at all my side hustles and everything I really focused on things I could do with her so that if you ever look at all the side hustles they did they're very much 
she was involved in everything or I could do it around her like at bedtime or something. But yeah, I think the first belief was that I could earn extra money outside of a traditional role. And the more that I've kind of delved into that, I didn't go to university straight from school like a lot of my friends did. Right. The belief I had deep down that I wasn't like aware of consciously was that I would never be able to earn as much as them or I'd never be able to earn as much as a doctor or something or someone in a really high paid role. I just thought the thing is, it's funny because I know I'm smart enough because I've taken a lot of tests um, but and I've always done really well, but it's just one of those things like I felt like you have to go to uni and get a degree to get the job. And that's, like I said, it wasn't a conscious thought. It was just something that I just believed. And that is yeah. something that has gone on for a long time. And it's only recently now, I think, because I have started to surpass the incomes of people I know in really well-paid jobs. I'm like, oh yeah, you can do it. You can yeah. do it. And so that was something I've had to work really hard on myself. That was probably my biggest one personally. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, no, I feel the same. Like I really relate to that. Uh, except for, I just really struggled through school. It wasn't for like the structure of the way school works and, you know, um, at least schools in America, <laughs> the way that they work and the way that they teach and the way that the tests are, I thought kind of that same thing. I thought like, well, this was awful. <laughs> I have, I didn't like school and I'm not good at anything. When I kept like failing tests and I would study, I would try so hard and I would oh. just bomb them. I thought, well, I'm not going to go to college. Why would I go to college um, and bother? So I kind of, because I had that mindset, I kind of had this belief like, well, I guess I'm not really going to go anywhere in life because if I can't go to college, which was everything what we were told, you know, you need to go to college to have any sort of promising future. And because I didn't feel like college was a good fit for me, I felt like I was kind of just doomed to just stay stuck, you know? Yeah. And that's where I think um, a lot of what I did was I started my own businesses, which I loved. And that's what any job I ever had, I would show up and I would work. But whenever I started anything for myself, it was like I would go hard and I could spend all my time doing it. And I felt so ener like energizing and so good um, anytime I did anything on my own for myself. But I still had that same limiting belief. And I think that tied into me buying the stuff to kind of give that image of look, I'm doing just as good as while you college graduate, you know, like, or I'm doing just fine. Um, but in reality, I was spending all my money just trying to prove to everybody that I was doing good, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people do do that. We put on a facade of, yeah, I'm doing fine. Even when I was really, I had no money. I didn't want anyone to know that because yeah. I, I felt really ashamed of that. And it wasn't necessarily my fault. It was the position that someone had put me in. Uh, and I felt definitely felt naive about that, but yeah, I, I definitely relate to that. But what I would say about tests is that like exams and stuff, they are def I think they're a memory test more than anything. I don't think they're a sign of intelligence. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. No, like, thank you. Um, thank you. I, I definitely really have come to feel that same way. Um, yeah. which I think is so unfortunate because I know people go through school like me, um, you know, and leave feeling incapable, but yeah, the more I've done 
you know, started my own things or starting the blog, which was just torture, just trying to figure out how to do all the behind the scenes SEO technology stuff. Um, I was like, I am really smart and I'm really good at soaking up knowledge and information and things like that. It just, the, like I said, that was the way it was laid out. It just wasn't, wasn't yeah. my kind of smart. I just relate to that so much. I thought it would get off on a tangent, but um, no, my, be- my best friend at school, she has an amazing memory. Like she can see something once and she'll remember it. So she didn't really need to revise. So I remember at the time thinking, I have to work so much harder than her. And I was so frustrated. And I just thought she was so much smarter than me. Not in a bad way. I wasn't like, oh, you're smarter than me. You know, I was proud of her. But I was just kind of like, oh, it's really annoying. I have to work so hard. Like maybe I'm not as smart as her. And that was something I feel like people never really talked about back then. No one said to me like, oh, it's actually more a memory kind of test, these kind of things. And maybe your memory works in different ways. And we all learn in different ways as well. Like, I learn better if I'm shown something, but then if I can also write it down at yeah. the same time, where some people just want to hear it or some people want to read it. And I think that's something schools definitely need to work on. Again, going on off on another tangent. But yeah, so I've had, I've done, I've, I've done IQ tests and my IQ is really high. I've done um, these psycho, what are they called? Psychometric tests when I've applied for jobs. And I remember going for an interview and I'd done my first one ever. And I went in and they said, I said, oh, how did I do? I know I got some wrong. And they just looked at me and they went, that this is the highest we've ever had anyone have here. And it was a firm that um, they're all engineers and they all build all the uh, oil structures in the Middle East and stuff, you know, where they get all the oil from. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've done better than all of these highly, highly educated engineers. And it was just things like that along the way that I've started to, believe in myself but I think it's frustrating that nobody really tells you that kind of thing right so you do just you do just believe it right oh I'm so glad that you know you know um it sounds silly that you know I like I try to never compare myself like oh I feel better about myself now because those people did worse than me or you know that type of thing but to know like I am really capable and I can do whatever I put my mind to. So how did you get to the point for going through these side hustles and um, for you were saying, you know what, this is something I really want to do more full-time or I want to do on my own helping people because you've, you've really done a lot in the last few years. Thank you. Um, same to you. I wanted to go full-time on it when it was just earning a lot of money to be honest and it was just a bit too much for me to handle doing here and there but it's funny because I went full-time just before the pandemic hit and then during the pandemic I was still full-time well as full-time as I could be because I had to homeschool my daughter for like a year oh gosh uh and but when my daughter and boyfriend went back to school and work after the lockdowns and everything were lifted I felt really lonely because I was used to them being at home all day every day and I thought I'm just gonna go and get a job in an office and for some reason in my head I don't know why I thought I'll get a full-time job what about why why would I do that (laughs) I think I thought it'd be easier oh god I don't know I did that and anyway I quit that uh last year but this is something I actually haven't talked about I don't know why when I quit that full-time job they actually said no <laughs> in a good way. They said, I, they said, would you do part-time hours 
I will create a new job role for you. Oh. So I actually do that a few hours a week. But then oh, I wow. still do, but I still do my business like full time because I do it like all day, every day, pretty much and weekends. So I am full time right. still on it. But yeah, I just the more I can share with people, the better I feel. And I think it's one of those things you want a lot of validation from. You want to know people are listening to you. But then I'll just get a message out of the blue and someone's never messaged me before. And they're like, I've followed you for years. You've helped me pay off my debt, leave my marriage. Everyone leaves their marriage, after, I swear, after they <laughs> follow me. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's, I know. that's really a good thing if it's a bad marriage. So It's funny because after my divorce, I've never had so many messages from people asking how they could do the same. Yeah. And my friend was like... You're, you're breaking up loads of marriages. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely doesn't come across. It's not like you're out there slandering marriage or men or anything like that. You're empowering these women is how I would see it. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's really easy to get sucked into a certain situation. And someone said the other day about someone else who was, they were talking about someone who was in a manip- manipulative relationship. And they were saying, well, how do they, how do they let it get to that point? Like, why would they stay with them? And I was like, that's so unfair. And I said, the thing is, it's very gradual. If someone is a very manipulative person, they don't come out with it straight away. It's very, very gradual and very, very clever. And that's definitely something I like to talk about a lot, especially since, as you mentioned earlier, there are a lot of women who perhaps aren't allowed to look at the finances, who are, you know, financially abused, who are just taken out of the situation so that they don't know that they can leave and I think a lot of people do stay in those kind of relationships because of money I think that's a huge reason yeah yeah no I've 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 heard that so often and it makes me just be extra mindful when I'm talking to anybody uh and I had that same thing um you know a a relationship where I really struggled to find work when I was in the relationship um, I don't want to get too specific or anything, but I just at the time couldn't find anything. I was applying for things and it just wasn't be, wasn't able to pick up very much. Um, and that was something that he always used. He was like, well, you don't have any money. Where are you going to go? You know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And to, I don't ever want to be in that situation or be, I don't ever want to be controlled by anybody or anything as we probably know, but, but um, especially something like that. Uh, so I think, I think it's amazing that you get to be that face for a lot of people, a lot of women, because no one should be spending their lives trapped in something because of money, you know, where money is so important, but at the same time, uh, you know, money does so much for us, but it should never be something that the lack of it stops us from, you know, being able to live our best life. Yeah, I agree. And I think, People that think money isn't important just haven't been in those kind of situations because it really is important. Obviously, it can go very wrong if you have too much of it, if you're not managing it very well. But I do think if you don't have enough, it just has a massive negative impact on your life. When I had no money, it was my mental health was so poor and I tried to really live a very frugal life and it was way too extreme to the point where it was just making me ill. Like I ate vegetable soup every day for like two years to the point where I can't even look at vegetable soup. Now. I was going to say, can you even eat it now? <laughs> no. Looking, honestly, looking at it makes me feel sick. I can't do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay. Then I would ask you I have two questions. I hope I remember them both, but 
if you have so because I think something that I always heard growing up and I think a lot of people heard was money's not important money's not important so I kind of also had this money belief that um you know I shouldn't care about money I shouldn't like wanting money or desiring money was a bad thing or it was like an evil thing um do you deal with anybody who has that kind of thoughts and do you have any like advice for people who kind of feel that way who are who are maybe afraid to even try earning money because they feel like it's selfish to want to earn money I think if you feel like that it's not again it's not something that would be conscious at the thought of your mind I don't think anyone walks around saying money is evil and stuff but I think just listening to some things people say they'll say some certain things like when I've done coaching and stuff they'll say something and I'm like hmm that's interesting that you phrased it in that way and then I'll come back to it and then obviously you know with coaching you just question why they believe that but I think money isn't an emotion itself I think we attach our emotions to it but I just think that money is such a tool to live our best lives so it's just all about identifying what's important to you and as much as I've moaned about living the extremely frugal lifestyle and everything it really really helped me identify what was important to me because there were things that I couldn't I couldn't afford anything but there were things I really knew I wanted like for example a car now that sounds very frivolous but I didn't I went without a car for a long time and I felt so trapped I couldn't go anywhere it honestly made me think I'm never ever going without a car and I have a tin can of a car it's not an attractive car (laughs) it would cost me a thousand pounds it's not a great car but it's a car so, yeah. and that's, that's important to me. And that's the thing I could afford a more expensive car, but I don't personally want to, because that doesn't tie in with my personal values. But I just say, if anyone is feeling that way, it's good to just dive into why you think that and find people that you can see do the opposite of, right. if that makes sense. So how, see people who have wealth, but use it for good things. So I think that, the more women that have money, the better the world is yes. in general. Just right. give us all the money. Everything <laughs> is better. I genuinely believe that. No, I I agree. And I can 100% see that. Well, but I love that because I did the same thing. We went through our debt payoff you know, journey. And I said, I stopped trusting myself with money and was angry with myself for the mistakes that we had made and things like that. Um, and was so badly wanted to pay off debt. But I, what I think happened to me is, was I so badly wanted to get out of where we were that I think I almost put too much focus on where we were. It was like paying off debt. I've now learned can be a very like feel good experience where I felt constantly stressed. Anytime I earned any little bit of extra money, it went right toward debt. It went right toward debt, which I always heard so many people say, and they said it with these amazing outcome stories, but then it seemed like we would have an emergency pop up. And then I would have no money because I just kept putting it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, we're yeah. now, you know, I'm learning to get to that place where I'm just going to let this money sit and we're going to make decisions about where it's going to go rather than just kind of shoving it. And I almost feel like I went from constantly spending and shoving money out of my life to shoving money out of my life toward paying off debt. Um, but I did everything, both the things with like this anxiety behind it. Um, so just when you mentioned the vegetable soup of that deprivation feeling and keeping yourself mm. kind of stuck in that feeling. Um, but I do, I love that you've also been able to see, you know, 
what do I want? And I, I see that in the sense where I did the minimalism and pausing. I just paused everything. And that allowed me for the first time to stop just accumulating and to actually go, okay, where do I want to actually go from here? So that's awesome. I know I just rambled a lot, but. No, I, I love that. I love that I really too. Love that. I think that's very similar in that you paused with that way and I paused in a different way, but it's taking a step back because I think we forget how much we run our lives on autopilot. We just can go from day to day doing the exact same thing and we don't really think anything of it. And it's usually when something really big and bad happens that we take a step back. And I just don't want people to get to that point. So like, if for example, someone really close to you passes away or you get divorced or something, this is where you have like midlife crisis happen because that's when you have to take the step back. And then you start to look around and think, oh, this is where my life is. I'm not sure I actually like where I'm at right now. And yeah. I would just rather people did that just now, just right here and now. <laughs> but I just think not enough people talk about that, but we don't really let ourselves slow down because we really do just cram so much yeah. into our day. I am terrible for that, but I enjoy working at that frequency. And I think it's good to figure out what works best for you. So I like to be very fast paced and constantly on the go. That's just the way my mind works. I just yeah. think we just... We just all need to figure out what works best for us, I think. Oh, totally. And it's so funny that you say that. I think I just did, it was a blog post or something. Um, I can't even remember what it was, but my first like tip or my first recommendation was please don't get to rock bottom. You know, oh, yes. don't get to that point where you have this major awful realization where, you know, just even recognizing that consistent discomfort in your day to day you know, of like for me for years was checking my bank account and there was, it was zero. It was zero. It, we would spend so much. It was that in and of itself was no way to live. It was so depressing and awful. It wasn't a big, awful, major life-changing event, but it was consistent monthly icky stress. Uh, and I really, of course, wish I would have gone, okay, something needs to give. I need to make some sort of change here, but I didn't. I just (laughs) kept going with it. Um, What was it that made you do it then? Do you remember? So my story is so strange in the sense, I definitely had deaths happen. Um, You know, my dad passed away when I was 19. Um, My grandma passed away. And I think moving into the big house or into our, the bigger house, which I always thought I want to live in that neighborhood, that this kind of house would be perfect. And I had this picture in my mind, like that was it. That was the final destination. We were going to be a happy family. There was no other option. (laughs) You know, happiness doesn't come from within. It comes from the house and the perfect neighborhood was kind of, yeah, that dialogue I didn't know I had in my head, in my head. And I think it was getting there and going like, I actually don't, this is, I didn't like giving, I would give people tours of it, but I would get bored. Like, are you guys bored? This is, we're just like still going. I'm still talking about all the space. And, you know, my husband was so frustrated and stressed with the mortgage payment. So we weren't talking as much. And I started reading spiritual self-help books kind of by accident. Like I didn't know they existed. I didn't know it was a thing. And one of the books said, this is what I always talk about. And I I feel like all the little life experiences kind of brought me to this moment. Mm. Uh, But it said, you know, you, you can have what you, what you want for your life. 
And that kind of goes back to, this feels like a therapy session. That kind of goes back to my belief that I couldn't, like I was, you know, because I wasn't good in school, I thought I couldn't actually have any good life. So reading this book saying that feeling that I had inside of me, that was like craving something truly big, you know, kind of what I'm doing now, honestly, it's like, I always loved the idea of you know, I would see like motivational speakers or really good authors who were saying these words or spreading a message of positivity. And I thought, God, I would love to do that. But instantly it was like, well, you don't have a degree, so you can't. So, you know, it was just a quick downward spiral. So reading that book, I thought, maybe I could. And what it said was, you've got to detach yourself from like the life you're currently living to get to the life you want to live. And so I was like, okay, let's detach. Let's get rid of all the things. Let's, let's do this. If that's what it takes to get to leading a life of purpose um, and something that feels fulfilling and meaningful, then I'm going to get rid of anything. I don't care. It doesn't matter, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, it was a bunch of monumental things and tiny little things, I think, that just finally made it click. I love that though. That's such a good quote. And I love that you remember it as well. It must have had like a big impact. You should get it all printed out or put it on a sign if you haven't already. I really should. You're right. I, sh- I should like, I had two copies of the book. I should have ripped off the page and kept it. Yeah. I suppose that's a waste of a whole rest of the book. Um, but no, that's actually a really good idea. I think that just really ties into everything we were saying that you can, I think you and me are the same in that we felt like we couldn't have the things that we wanted and it's just something you just don't say out loud like I never said to anyone oh I don't think I can earn money because I haven't got a degree I've literally never said that in my life right but it was still there at the back of my mind and it's still so recent like I still have to work on that a lot myself and I think something that's really I notice a lot in the online space when you're a creator or a freelancer a lot of people, especially women, in fact, just women, are really bad at charging money. Yeah. Any, any kind of money. So I have a really good WhatsApp group chat with a lot of other UK finance girls. And when we first all signed it, like got onto it, we were all saying, they were saying, oh, how much do you charge for this? How much do you charge for this? And a lot of them have like a lot more followers than me, like 100K, for example. And I was charging probably like 10 times more than them. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they were like, wait, what? (laughs) And I was like, guys, you need to increase your prices like right now. And they all, they all increase their prices, which makes me so happy. But it was just, they were like, oh, can I, can I charge for it? And I'm like, you are doing so well. You have so many followers and so much engagement. I'm charging more than you and I am being paid you can do it. And they were still a bit like, oh, shall I, shall shall I not? And I was like, yes, please do it. And they were like, but will I get any work? I won't get as much work. And I was like, well, the thing is, I charge higher, so I don't have to do as much work. Right. Because I don't want to do a load of tiny little campaigns or whatever. And because that just takes so much work and so much time. Why would I do that if I can just do one? Right. This big lump of money. And they have still been getting work. They're fine. They're doing really well. But it was, it's just so interesting to me that, um, especially in that space, we just, it's not just that we don't know what to charge because obviously sometimes you come in, you're like, what do I charge? I don't actually yeah. know. But it's the fact that even when they did know, they were still, and myself as well, you know, shall, shall I charge that much? Am I worth that much? But I'm just doing this one thing on Instagram or something. And 
I find yeah. that really interesting that women in particular, I feel, I feel like men are just like, yeah, this is what I charge, pay me or don't pay me. And they just move, and they just move on with their lives. <laughs> and how do we absorb that as women? <laughs> like what, what do you think you did to get to that point? Cause that's something I struggle with too. And there were times that I would, um, I would like do the bigger charge. And what I love is I think back when my money mindset wasn't where it is, or my thoughts about money were different. I thought someone charging a lot was like greedy or selfish, but in reality, it's like, um, I found when I pay for things, I love paying for information. I love paying for help. Um, I love paying to skip steps, you know, like, uh, they always say, you know, it's someone who has the information who is 18 steps ahead of me. I want the few steps instead of trying to Google it and figure it out on my own. Um, so I know, I know what you are providing for people is so beneficial. You know, how did you get to a place of knowing, like, I am worth this higher price tag or my services and what I'm going to provide are? I think again, it's doing it gradually over time and just really working on it all the time. And I do think that we often tie our value to how much we charge or for our income. And that's just not true. But I saw a really good video recently and it was a creator and she was getting some backlash because she said how much she was charging for TikTok videos and stuff. And they were like, why do you do it? And she said a really good example. I thought it was a good example. She was talking about footballers, soccer players. Yeah. And she was saying, for example, if you sign Messi, they're not just paying him for his footballing skills, as in how often he's going to be at the pitch or whatever, they're paying for what they'll be able to make out of him. So the influence that he would bring. So basically a lot of the time, I don't know how well you know about soccer and stuff, but a lot of the time they'll buy a player because they can, they'll know they'll sell a lot of football shirts and they'll sell a lot of merchandise okay. off the back of it. So yeah. someone like David Beckham, for example, your, your t-shirt sales are going to go through the roof, even though obviously he doesn't play anymore, he's retired, but even at the end of the career, he could still charge, get a lot of money, even though he was getting older because the yeah. club knew that they could make money off him. And I thought that was a really good example because it's not what he's providing them there. It's the influence that he has on the fans. And I just thought that was really interesting, but influencers in general do so well for brands. Cause I talk about just brand work specifically really here because people trust you when you're an influencer. And I think that accounts for a lot, but, Myself personally, go back to your question. I think if I'm teaching people about money and that women should charge good money, then I need to be charging good money. A yeah. brand, a brand can't come to me and ask me to do something for women and money and not pay me good right. money. And that's what I try to tell myself all the time. So yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I love that. Okay, that's I mean, that's really great advice. Because yeah, that is that's something I've always had a tough time with. And I think, like you said, in your, in your group and this influencer sharing her prices, um, do you think there should be more transparency about women sharing about what they make? I hear a lot of people, you know, kind of going back and forth on the subject because it's something that a lot of people don't really openly talk about. So I am in two minds with this just because I don't share my income online. And the reason I don't is because I find people, so say someone followed me that's in a lot of debt. They've just started following me and they see I'm making all this money. I generally don't want them to feel bad 
And now I know this goes back to scarcity mindset and everything. And, you know, they shouldn't feel bad because they should be in a better place, but they might not be. And I don't want, I don't see any point in them comparing my savings, my income and stuff, because I personally don't really care my, when I see other people's, it, it might inspire me and think, you know, they're doing really well, but I can tell they're doing well anyway, based on the campaigns they're doing, the brands are doing, though I can see that they're doing well. Right. And, but if you came to me personally and asked me what I charge, I will tell you. So okay. I wish I share it with, you know, colleagues, like other people I've recently, you know, I said I have the office job. I recently told one of the girls, she was applying for another job within the company and I told her what salary she should aim yeah. for because then she, then she got it. So I think that was three, mm, 3,000 pound more than they wanted to give her originally. Okay. So I'm, I'm very open if you come to me directly, but online so much, I personally don't share. Yeah. But I do, but because I feel bad saying, I feel like we should share more online. But if I don't, I can't really say that. But uh, I do think if you speak to people in your space, they're more than happy to help you. And I always go by the rule that no one will ever bring you down. If uh, the only people that will bring you down are those that are below you. Sorry. Yes. So I think that if you go to someone that's doing well, they're more than happy to help you. I've never, I've, I ask people sometimes, oh, what have you charged for this? campaign and they'll tell me I think yeah. people are, are very open so I think if you're never if you're not sure then just just go ask someone they won't mind and if they do mind they'll just tell you oh, sorry I don't want to tell you <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's great and I I love that because I was most definitely one of the people who during the debt payoff or when I was starting the blog I would see, you know, blog posts that said, how I made $10,000 in the first three months of my blog. I'm like, how, how did you do that? Like, it just felt like something fundamentally wrong with me that I didn't make 10 grand in the first three months. Or, you know, people who were like, I paid off $10,000 in debt in one month. And I'm like, did you sell your boat? Like, how did you do that? You know? Um, so that's a really good point because a lot of times seeing those numbers did cause me a lot of that anxiety and that stress feeling like somehow someone else had figured out something that I didn't or was doing better than me in some way. Um, yeah. so yeah, that is a really good point where I, I, agree with you. I think more people need to be okay with discussing. You know, I, I had someone reach out to me recently asking about my prices and it was a little like, or how about how much I was making on TikTok and things like that. And it makes me hesitant and nervous, but I just was like, okay, I just need to share. I just need to jump in and give her the truth. Um, but I also have found, um, you know, if I share about like how much I made or something like that, a lot of times people that I know in my personal life are like, oh, you're super rich now. And you would just, you know, like they assume that yeah. like, I have no problems in life anymore. And it's like, well, no, I'm still like working to intentionally manage my money and be, you know, I have children that I'm raising, but I have that on the other end where people um, hear that I'm doing well and just assume like I'm all my problems have disappeared and everything is just perfect. <laughs> if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think I also don't share from like a security and privacy point of view, because I don't know if you get this, but I get people that try to find out where I live and they do a very good job of it, let's just say. And I don't, if I say, oh, I've got all this money or whatever, then it makes you a target, doesn't it? So I think you do have to be really careful with the money 
that you share online and people can be nasty and try to report you for things I think it definitely it brings a lot of nastiness I don't want I don't want any nastiness in my life at the end of the day if you and I do get torn between this all the time because I think if I share my numbers then I would probably do better in my business as in for attracting people marketing stuff like that but they can still see that I've paid off debt they don't know how much right right but I paid off debt I still did it I still managed to go full time in my own business. You know, they you can see that it must be a certain level. Yeah. So I don't think I I personally don't need I don't feel like I need to show the specifics. But no one's ever really come to me and said you need to be sharing your specific numbers. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes I might get how much do you earn, but um, if it's just a random anonymous question, then I'll probably ignore it. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that, and that is true. Be, um, because you you do, you have the knowledge and you've learned to apply it all, which is just absolutely awesome. It's so crazy to think, you know, starting with mystery shopping to, you know, being able to be the person who gets these messages who, you know, you feel like you're changing lives just from, just from your Instagram, you know? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people like to see that journey as well. So when you were saying that you like to pay people that are a few steps ahead of you, I do get people say like, oh, I want to follow you. I want to work with you because I can see that you did pay off debt when you were a single mum, for example. Yeah. Because as much as, because some people say like, oh, are you, have you got a finance degree or something? And I haven't got a degree, okay? I didn't get uni. <laughs> um, I just think that you want to you wanna see someone that's been through it themselves. So I always think to myself, if my, when my daughter was younger, if I had a problem with her, as in like maybe she's crying all night or something. You want to hear what the doctor says, but you also want to hear what the other mums say. When you wouldn't just go off the doctor's advice, you would be saying like messaging your mum friends, like what's this? Or like going on forums online to see what the other mums are saying. So I do think it's really important to look at people that are... And that's the thing. If you're on this kind of journey, it's good to find people that you can relate to. And that's why it's so good that there's so many accounts out there online now. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. And that's what uh, I was thinking that earlier. And so I, I love that you say that because I personally feel that way where I am more likely, um, if you think about like, um, counsel, like I never did well with counseling or therapy, that kind of thing, because I, I always felt like, which this isn't necessarily true by any means, but I'm like, you just got your degree to do this, but like, do you really relate to my story at all? You know, I want to know that the person I'm talking to can relate to me or have empathy or has overcome something in their lives, you know, that I'm personally struggling with. And I think a lot of times, you know, I am not putting it down anybody with a degree. I have no doubt that those people have insane amounts of knowledge. Um, But if you think about, you know, maybe there's somebody who always did really well, their family was, you know, well off and they went to school and they got a degree in accounting and you know, here they are versus someone, you know, like you said, single mom who really had to pick herself up and figure this out um, and is now doing it from a place of knowing, a place of I have been there. Um, yeah. That's what, yeah, like you said, I love being able to see those stories and there is such a relatability that people love. So as we wrap up, this is something I really wanted to ask you and I'm, I'm no. so glad I forget here. Um, because you've spoken to so many single moms in such a big way, 
if there is that person out there, that woman out there who's feeling that, who maybe just left or is wanting to leave and has no clue where to start and what to do, no pressure. (laughs) What would you say? I would say to start with the budget. I know it sounds boring or maybe daunting. And I see a lot of people online now that say not to budget. And I do agree because I just think you need to know where you're starting from in order to get where you need to go because why wouldn't you just makes complete sense to me and I especially if you've been someone that isn't used to dealing with finances maybe your partner did it or you just have never really got a grip on it I think you can't really argue with numbers they're black and white yeah it's just the numbers so look at if you've got debt total it all up see what you're working with and again that's something that can be quite scary for a lot of people, but you can't really make a plan if you don't know what your numbers are, unfortunately. And I think just go through your expenses, your income, everything, get it all written down, and then you can make a plan from there because you may be finding that you're actually in the red already. And then that's when you want to cut back, maybe see what you can get rid of temporarily. I always say everything's temporary because I think if you say something to some people, they're like, whoa, what do you mean I've got to cancel my Netflix? It's like, you might just have to cancel it for like six months. Like you're going to be busy anyway. Like it's okay. Everything's just pretty temporary. And it's not about cutting the fun out of your life. Everyone thinks budgeting means you can never have any fun. And it means you can have fun, but it means you can afford the fun. And it's not going to be a really anxious time for you. Like, oh, can I actually afford to do this? And it's just a little niggle in the back of your mind. So I would say just really figure out what your numbers are, but also reach out to anyone that's willing to help you. So friends, family, are they willing to sit down and do the budget with you? But I also always say, I actually don't think the numbers are always the first place to start when you're kind of overhauling your whole life. Because I think sleep is really important because I don't know about you, but if I've only got like one hour sleep, for example, like when you've got a newborn, I'm not ready to do anything. I am just, I'm just a pile of mush. I'm just pointless. (laughs) So, but if you have got a good night's sleep, you're up, you're ready, you're full of energy, then you're in such a better place already. So I think look at everything in your life, really look at the routines, look at the sleep, look at the things you're eating. Again, if I ate rubbish all day, then I would just feel terrible. I'd have no energy. So really just looking at everything. And I know that sounds like a lot of stuff to do, but, but I would say starting with sleep is probably the one thing that I would say to focus on first. And I say this based on experience yeah. from, from a lot of people that I've worked with. If it's all gone down the pan and everything's bad, it won't just be the finances that you need to work on. And if you've got kids, maybe you can get someone to just watch them for an afternoon or something while you get this all sorted because if you've got them all running around screaming you can't really concentrate anyway and by the time you've got them in bed you're just tired you just want to sit down so see if you could just call in a few favors maybe you can do some carpooling or something like my daughter goes to football training and they do carpool and it's like the best thing that has ever happened to me (laughs) because they just take her off and bring her back it's great yeah so I would just say let everyone know where you're at but don't don't feel bad about it. And I do think we feel a lot of shame. I definitely felt a lot of shame. I didn't want to tell anyone, like, oh, by the way, I have no money. Yeah. Like, what, what a conversation killer. <laughs> Sorry, I can't come out with you. I am just so <laughs> broke. Um, but I do think it helps because you will get 
well-intentioned friends I assume who will say like oh do you want to come out with us and they might not understand the situation and if you don't explain it they might think oh they don't want to hang out with me but this is where you can do things like invite your friends over just for a meal or something but I do think it is a lifestyle change and that as daunting as that sounds I do think it is but I think it's a positive lifestyle change yeah oh absolutely and so one tiny little just because you mentioned it and I was thinking it it's um, fine I I remember um Christina Kuzmic I'm probably saying her name wrong but I read her book and have heard so much from her because she talks about her single mom journey um, it talked a lot about how she went through a lot of guilt because before when she was married, she was able to like provide big giant meals and, you know, was able to do lots of fun stuff. And she said, now, now my kids are just sitting in the other room eating macaroni and cheese and watching TV. Um, yeah. And so if there was a mom who was having to make the, the, the shift from that maybe consistent marriage, you know, someone else providing to oh my gosh, my kids are only eating SpaghettiOs or macaroni and cheese. And, you know, maybe any mom guilt that goes along with it. Um, Did you experience anything like that or have any little pieces for that mom shame that we feel for maybe not being able to to live through that frugal state, knowing that you're getting somewhere, but maybe feeling like your kids are suffering, if that makes sense. I feel like every mom has mom guilt and it is permanent. I don't think it ever goes away. It will just always resurface just when you think it's gone. Um, and let's just end right there. <laughs> yeah. It's permanent. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that we're wired to feel that way though, genuinely, but not. it doesn't need to be a bad thing. You just need to talk to yourself and say like, come on now, they're fine. They're absolutely fine. I think for me, I just told myself, because she was a lot younger, I just told myself she won't remember any of this. Yeah, she really won't remember what she ate when she was four years old on a Tuesday. Right. She really won't. <laughs> I could ask right. her now; she'd have no idea. She really doesn't <laughs> remember what she ate yesterday. Uh, I did make sure, though, that my daughter ate super healthy meals, and that is why I ended up eating so badly. Which is yeah. not necessarily what I would recommend, right? But that helped ease my guilt in that sense. She was healthy. I was not. I think I did damage my stomach from how I ate because oh. my intoler- my intolerances are off the chart now. Um, but yeah, I just think you have to be very gentle with yourself. And going back to how I said that, I just think everything's temporary. I really do believe that because so much of the things that I had to do or so many of the things that you had to do, we don't do them anymore. You know, yeah. everything's changed now. Everything's fine. And I knew when I was, I because I did work a lot of hours and stuff, I did like really hustle. And again, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but it's what I wanted to do. I just would tell myself, this is temporary, this is temporary. And I remember I had this cleaning job I had to get up at 4 a.m. And I would go there and I remember mopping the floor and I was going, this is temporary, this is temporary, <laughs> this is temporary, this is temporary, like over and over. And it just really kept me motivated. It wasn't like, oh God, this is temporary, don't worry. It was, no, this is temporary. You can do it, push through it. You will get to where you want to be. But I did really make a plan of action. So I knew, oh, if I do these things, I'll be out of debt by around this date. Obviously, don't be too specific because the stress. Yeah, yeah. I will be debt-free around this time, maybe just this year or next year. And just kind of have a plan and then figure out 
how you're going to get there. So that's where that knowing your numbers is really good because you can see where you're at and then you can figure out, oh, okay, if I do this, this is where I'll be. And then you'll know it really is temporary only until you get to that point, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe you, because like, for example, I wanted, I was waiting until she got to school to like get a job, like an office job. Yeah. So I knew once she reaches that age, I'm getting that job and yeah. I'll have more money. And I did. I, I was really lucky. Actually, I found a, a job with um, school hours just down the road. It was amazing. But I, and I really manifested that. But that was the thing. I knew by this date, I will have a job or I'll start applying and I will probably have yeah. a job. Um, so, yeah, I just think mum girl is just a special kind of thing. And I don't think a lot of dads have it. No. And I think we can really learn from them, though, because in a good way, because I always say, I don't know if you see this, but if there's a dad and they want to play a sport, for example, or they want to go for runs every day, you better believe they're doing those daily runs and they're yeah. playing that sport and they will not miss it. Yeah. Even if they have to bring the kids. I see a lot of dads with the kids on the sideline. I see a lot of dads running with the children, either alongside them or in the pram. I don't see a lot of mums doing that. And I think a lot of the time it is because we feel like, oh, we have to stay at home. I can't do that thing for me because I had that myself because I play hockey. I often felt like I couldn't go because I had to leave her. But my partner at the time, he'd be going to football, yeah. soccer. He wouldn't mind. You know, they'd be going. And I do think that can be, obviously, it can be a bad thing if they're being a bit selfish. Right. But, yeah, for sure. But I get what you're saying, 100%. Yeah, we. I think we can learn from them in that, you know, put yourself first. And that's something I actually want to say as well answer to your question that if you really work on yourself your kids will benefit as well and that's where mum guilt really gets us we feel like we can't do anything for ourselves and we're just providing 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 all the time but I'm sure every mum feels the same way if you look after yourself you you just have so much more to give anyway so I really yeah. think it's important to still put yourself first and that's where I'm, it goes back to figuring out what little things are important to you so I knew back then in the bad place, should we call it, that just a little cup of tea, like on my own, I'm watching Gossip Girl. Oh. Made, me so made me so happy. Or oh, going for a walk, even now, if I go for a walk with my boyfriend, honestly, it's like one of my favorite things to do. I just, I don't know what it is. I just feel like my mind's really clear or something. Yes. But it's just like identifying those little things, what's important to you and just remembering everything is temporary. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's absolutely perfect. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad we were able to chat and go through all the things. How can anybody who wants to kind of connect and find you on Instagram or other social medias? So on um, Instagram, I'm the.moneyfox. Um, my website is themoneyfox.com. I did have a TikTok. I deleted it. But I will be, <laughs> I will be coming back. I promise. Next month. Yes, next month. And uh, like February, and I am going to be starting a YouTube as well. Oh, that's exciting. All right. It'll all be under the same name. So just type me in. <laughs> oh, great. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad we were able to chat. Thank you. It was amazing. Yeah. Have a good one. Hey again. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time just to hang out with me. 
If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription, and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love. Until next time.